Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to gain recognition as a great resource for uh, business owners, uh, professionals, and entrepreneurs, uh, and that is really because of the guests who join me to share their expertise with all of you. And today we have such a guest. Today my guest is Mark Ritter. Mark is the CEO of MBFS and a specialist in credit unions and business lending. After building Members First Federal Credit Union's business lending programs into the top 10 in the nation in the number of loans and balances outstanding for federal credit unions, Mark took on the challenge of being the CEO of MBFS. Mark was the fifth CEO in five years for the organization, which lost money every month of its existence. In the past six years at MBFS, Mark has increased the number of credit unions, the Credit Union Service Organization services, by over 500%, grew the revenue by 800%, and ensured positive cash flow every full year he's been at the CUSO. Thanks so much for joining me today, Mark. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the invitation. I am uh, thrilled to have you here. Business lending is always a, a big topic, um, something that I think the majority of listeners uh, either are curious about or are in the, you know, getting ready to do something about and, and don't necessarily have enough information. Uh, so I, I'd actually like to start um, 
with asking you what you think the biggest mistakes small businesses make when they're looking for financing. Sure. I, I really think it comes down to two pieces that, that I see as most common. <clears throat> and the first is businesses having good communication back and forth in an open relationship with their lender or potential lenders. Uh, they need to ask questions and they need to listen and they need to be able to be able to talk through the potential lender, what exactly their process is that they understand uh, how this institution works uh, as opposed to maybe some other ones. I, I see a lot of people who look at banks and credit unions uh, that, that then they are all same, they're all homogenous, but people work so much differently. It's almost like a restaurant. You don't go to every restaurant ahead having the same expectations. There's really quick, cheap, and easy. There's high end, and there's everything in between. At the end of the day, they all fill you up, but they're very different institutions, and you need to find somebody who culturally goals and what you want to accomplish. That's so great. I love that. That makes so much sense to me. They're like restaurants. I really like that analogy. So, um, so, and this sounds to me like what you're saying is even uh, credit union to credit union or bank to bank, they can be very different institutions. Is that fair? Oh, certainly. People have different credit cultures. Uh, the credit union industry as itself has some, I'll call it some homogenous values, uh, but s some credit unions are set up in low income areas to help out uh, some underserved markets uh, with, where people that they don't have access to institutions. Some credit unions are very large. They focus on real estate. Some focus on SBA loans and more operating businesses. Uh, but in the credit union space, we work together across institutions a little bit more than uh, the traditional commercial banks. Oh, that's interesting. Right, talk a little, um, uh, what it takes to actually get a business uh, or real estate investment loan. Sure. So what are the keys to being able to really secure a loan? Sure. Uh, the, 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 the main factor that I talk about is understanding your business and numbers so that we can make the process easier. And when I say understanding your business, I mean relative to others and your industry. And because credit unions today really want to lend money to banks or with the businesses. So we try to make it work. And that involves having the tough conversations with your potential credit union partner and really talking through the challenges at your loan at the end of the day, we have to show with a reasonable certainty that you have the ability to pay us back in the future. And many times with a small business, it, the numbers only show so much. Uh, we want to understand what your numbers mean and that you'll be able to pay us back in the future so we can make more loans to more businesses in the community. 
So it really comes into being prepared and understanding your business. Uh, and, and if there's challenges to your loan, we're probably eventually going to find that out eventually. And it would be much, much better to the process if you bring those up to us and talk through those conversations so that we can develop a solution that works for everybody. Okay. So that sounds to me like um, the business owner should, well, first they have to understand their own numbers, their own cycles, their own um, customer base and prospects and whatever it is they're hoping to achieve. They also have to be able to articulate that, is it over like a couple of years? Like, do they have to be able to say for the past so many years, this is what has been going on in their business and this is what has been going on in the marketplace for their industry? So a, a credit union for, for the most parts relative to a commercial bank is a community-based financial institution. Okay. So we have a lot, we, we, we have to show, look at the numbers and the numbers have to make sense. We're still a regulated financial institution, but we'll take in much greater factor all of those qualitative uh, pieces about you and your business. Do you understand your marketplace, who you are, what's your experience? Uh, do you have a relationship with other credit unions that you've shown yourself to be a credit worthy individual? So we, we, can, we can look at the more, we can look at the picture in totality. Maybe last year was a rough year, uh, but if we understand that you're investing in some money in your business or you shut down a, a line of business that maybe doesn't make sense anymore, and we can look at the future that really helps us out into, into painting a picture and getting uh, your business the money that you need so you can grow your business. I see. So, so am I understanding you right that um, part of it is, for example, I have car loans with my credit union as, as a person. Yep. So like that gets taken into consideration, relationships like that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, what, what you, one, of, one of the key differences with a, any credit union you go to is it is a cooperative financial institution. Uh, that, you know, when you look at it, uh, there's a hundred, that it has the same products and services and car loans and checking accounts and mortgages that you may see at your commercial bank. But over a hundred million people belong to credit unions in America today. So quite a large portion of them own businesses. So we look at it as, are you a good member of the cooperative and we want to help you grow to be successful financially versus you're going to somewhere where there's a shareholder and we're trying to do something that benefits the shareholders versus the membership and you as a person and a small business owner. So we love relationship businesses. Uh, and, and, and if I went to a commercial bank, they'd probably fire me within a week uh, because we have a much more <laughs> casual approach to life. Uh, we we want to talk and get to know people. Uh, the relationship counts. The relationship matters. Uh, you know, that's why I really enjoy being part of the credit union industry. 
Uh, it's nice that, no, you know, people aren't protesting in the streets against their local credit unions for the most <laughs> part. <laughs> That's a really good point. It, it is absolutely, I mean, it is so different. Um, so uh, in today's marketplace, I mean, things have just been so volatile, I will say, between uh, what goes on with interest rates and what goes on with the, the stock market and all of that. Um, what what is the landscape today for a small business owner being able to get uh, a business or real estate loan? Well, you you met you hit one of the key points in today's world uh, and, and the theme of this year that everybody missed is interest rates. Uh, interest rates have plummeted over the last few months, uh, and and you've seen that in and that is really carried over to the small business community. If you're a business owner and receive financing within the last two years, absolutely look at talking to your local uh, institution and asking about lower interest rates and negotiating something down. Uh, as, as a federal credit union, we don't charge any uh, prepayment penalties. So we tend to make it more, we wanna get you the best deal that makes sense now. Uh, but the liquidity in our industry is very strong. It's a great time to go get a loan. Credit unions lend deposits uh, that are in the institution. They, as an industry, we don't really do much, a lot of borrowing and hedge fund, and we're not dealing with Wall Street. We're really lending off the local deposits in there from the community. And the economy, you know, when we look at businesses, we're not seeing a big downturn. Uh, we're th seeing things as very stable. You know, there's a couple pockets, particularly maybe agricultural uh, industry that has seen a, a little bit of an uptake in delinquency. But for the most part, we, we, things are pretty solid and the regulatory environment is wonderful today. Uh, you know, when I first got into credit unions, it was very tight and restricted about what we can do. Uh, but today, credit unions have a, an extraordinary ability to reach out to whether you're a real estate investor, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a local community organization, to really get you that financing you need. Okay, so um, is it easier for a company that has a product that they make as opposed to a service business, or is is it really based on your history, your relationship with the community and your credit worthiness? Well, much, much like any business lending, particularly in the small business lending, if you, if, if you have something more tangible, you know, that's sometimes a little bit easier to lend off of where that's the security, but we also have the ability to, to work with more of that service oriented businesses. Uh, sometimes if we're getting into a service-oriented business, you know, and, and I think of a dentist. Uh, if, mm -hmm. if you're a local dentist buying another practice, you know, you're buying uh, some tables and chairs and uh, lights that stick in your face, um, where maybe there we'll go with an SBA loan uh, versus somebody who's buying a fleet of trucks where it's sometimes easier to, to finance those trucks. Um, so there's a lot of products and services out there uh, depending on the type and nature of your business. Okay, so so thank you for that. And will you 
can you explain the difference between an SBA loan and a and a like collateralized loan? I guess is sure. Okay. Sure. And, and, and I'll start with the SBA loan and what exactly that means. Right. And you've probably heard this in many of your listeners where they've heard somebody say, I've received an SBA loan. And what that typically means is they received a loan from their local credit union or bank that where a portion of that is guaranteed by the government. And what that is for is to allow a credit union to expand our credit box to provide financing to somebody in the community where under traditional terms we might not have uh, been able to do it and, and i can think of a good example is maybe you're buying a new location in a strip mall where it's going to cost several hundred thousand dollars to build out your business in the strip mall well, as a strip, as a lender, somebody else owns that strip mall. And once you build it out, that that's becomes part, that's not really part of the real estate, but it's needed for your business. As a lender, I can issue a loan to that, that is guaranteed by the government because I think you can pay me back and it's good for, for to open this business, uh, but it reduces my risk. And we'll see that and maybe if you're buying a business or you're expanding a lot and need that working capital financing uh, and franchises are very commonly used uh, for SBA loans. And, and that really helps us uh, where we like you and you like us uh, and, and we can offer you better terms and better condition, conditions for the loan and additional funds uh, where we may not be able to do it traditionally and it expands that credit box, and it's actually at a very reasonable interest rate. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So it it sounds like. I mean, I, I feel like what I'm what I'm going through in my head is uh, things I don't I never knew before, which were um, why even considering a credit union for a business loan in the first place. Like I can hear reasons why it seems like it, it's a, it can be a, a better fit. Um, are there other reasons that a business should consider a credit union over a bank? Sure. It really comes down to your goals. Uh, it comes down to your goals and to who you would like to see. And there's people who have who like that community-based institution yeah. where you can go in and talk to somebody and have access to the decision makers at the institution directly and form those relationships. So that the people who want that experience, a credit union is a good fit for you. Uh, you know, it used to be there was First National Bank of whatever town on every main street in America, those days are rapidly declining. Yeah, but this really sounds like that. See, this is what's so interesting for me. As you're talking about it, I'm thinking, this sounds like the old days where the local businessman would go into the bank and, and you know, talk to the bank guy, and the bank guy, they knew each other. They went to church together or whatever on a bowling league together, you know, whatever it is. And so they knew each other and it was more of a, 
uh, trusted sort of relationship than transactional. That's exactly right. Uh, our challenge, is, there, there's not too many people that I talk to where they say, wow, that's a horrible idea. I don't know why I'd ever want a, a situation like that. Uh, my challenge is many people don't think of that as an option, even though, yeah. like I said, there's a third of America belongs to a credit union and generally have a pretty good affinity and feeling about that relationship, but they don't reach out to that uh, for their business. And some of that's historical. It was really only back in 1998 that Congress changed the Federal Credit Union Act that allowed this in a much larger basis in a larger scale where we had the permission to do it. And when oh. I, I first got into credit unions in 1990 or 2001. And to give you an idea, just on my home state of Pennsylvania, when I first got into credit unions in the entire state, there was $12 million among every credit union business loan if you added them all up together. And most of those were Amish loans. Today, uh, there's over three and a half billion of commercial loans among credit unions in Pennsylvania. And there's over 70 billion in the entire country for credit unions business loans. Uh, so it's really rapidly expanding and there's a lot more credit unions offering this. It used to be, when I first started, it was the one-off unusual item. I was a novelty. Um, now it's really becoming where the vast majority of credit unions offer solutions to small businesses uh, in their community. Yeah, it, it's, it is, I mean, that's why this is so interesting for me because I really, I, I don't think people realize this and um, and they need to know about it because, A, I think they think that credit unions and banks are the same, or if they know they're different, they don't even think about their business. As you said, they don't even consider their business when it comes to their credit union. Sort of Ex weird. Exactly. And, and, and much like credit unions are a cooperative institution for, for the members, as I mentioned, we tend to be a cooperative industry. Uh, my company, MBFS, we are actually owned by 10 different credit unions and work with over 60 credit unions in the country. So people, and what we do is we provide uh, basically the nuts and bolts and sales and everything to get the, to allow credit unions to offer loans to their members. And, and think about it this way, instead of every credit union going out and buying uh, a loan system and hiring underwriters and hiring salespeople and everything you have to do to offer this. Uh, they, we've essentially gotten together and built it all on the back end so that we can all do it much more effectively to each other. And when people work with us, what happens is they can, we, we really match them up with their credit union that makes sense for them if they don't have their local institution to work with. If they just say, I like this concept, but I'm not sure who to go to, we really just process it on behalf of a credit union to get you the financing you need. 
And many credit unions are, they're kind of those mid-sized community-based institutions. We also then partner lenders together so they can fund the loans collectively and grow and expand to a, 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 with your business. Wow, that, that's uh, really innovative. I think that's great. It makes it so much better. And, and this is uh, nationwide? So there's actually about 20 companies like MBFS in the country, and maybe each of us work with 50 to 75 credit unions. And there's, some, there's also credit unions that work individually. So uh, if somebody comes to, it's very common for somebody to contact me and say, I'm in Oregon, where I might not have uh, credit unions on a local basis, but we have a network of people like myself where we hook you up and match you up with a local credit union who does offer business loans and business services to their membership. Got it. This, this is so interesting. I have to take a quick sponsor break and then I have some more questions for you. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Do Business Better by Damian Mason and Breathe to Succeed by Sandy Abrams. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Mark Ritter about business lending and credit unions. Okay, so you mentioned um, something about this before, and I, and I want to circle back to it um, and get some more clarity on it. How, how does a small business owner negotiate rates and terms with their commercial lender. Sure, and, 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 and that's the great part about the business side. We're not regulated like the mortgage industry. And what it really comes down to is talking through a fit to match the, your business cash flow with the credit needs of the operations. And we, that's what we try to do is really match up your cash flow to make sure you're getting the product that you need. Uh, for example, a lot of people say they want a line of credit, but what they actually, but they're going to go buy a piece of equipment and what they need is a loan. That's not a proper use of a line of credit. And we, in our credit union business, we tend to not see that back and forth hard line negotiation as much because of the nature of our industry. You, you have to remember credit unions are a not-for-profit cooperative financial institution uh, versus large regional bank, which is, has some different values in how they're issuing services. So we credit unions as a whole tend to have a little bit lower fee structure. We tend to be managed and monitored uh, to to keep things fair, but pretty even for the both of us. Uh, if we have excess profits, many credit unions return those back in dividends to their members, 
or we work to keep rates low. So what, when, I, when I talked about having that open communication with your lender, with your lender and your credit union, that's where we want to talk through the goals on what you're looking to achieve and how we can help you do that. Uh, and, and, and that's also one of the reasons why credit unions can't charge a prepayment penalty because we want that openness to make sure that you have the best programs as the interest rate market changes uh, and you're not locked in and penalized for just bad timing and bad luck. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that was always a weird thing to me. I, I, I never quite got that. I mean, I sort of get it that the institution doesn't make as much money if you pay it off early. Is that right? Exactly. And many times in a commercial bank, they're borrowing those funds and leveraging the deposits on hand. So you have to also think about when you get a loan, ask about who's actually funding this and where do you get your money from? Because if you're borrowing the money from a third party to get and they're lending it to a business, well, they're locked into an interest rate. So they have to make that spread. If you're, if you're with an institution like a credit union that's uh, lending out money based off of deposits, well, as you know, as rates move up and rates move down, so do deposits. So we can, that that's becomes much more malleable in terms of it's not as fixed and rigid when you're negotiating and talking to your local credit union as you could a local community bank. I see. This is fascinating. So, um, so <clears throat> if someone, if a, if a business owner gets a loan and uh, at a certain interest rate and then the interest rates go down, are are you saying that then they could renegotiate that with the if they got their loan through a credit union? Exactly, and and, and in our world, it's not automatic, but we do not we permit a prepayment at any time in the loan. We don't have any. We're not locked into that. You can walk in, pay it off, and be done with it. So the credit union has the incentive to keep it at a continual good deal. Uh, and, and always be fit, make it that win-win for both people together, as opposed to just saying, uh, too bad, you know, you got a rate, rates went down, things go on. Uh, because what happens if we have that attitude is the loan walks out the door and it's not good for our business either. Right. We, we, would, we would much rather keep a good relationship yeah. than hold on to terms and conditions just because interest rates changed uh, and, and it's not favorable to the business. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's huge. And feels like it's a huge part of uh, the difference. Yeah, uh, as I mentioned, it's usually, once we can get through people talking to us, uh, it, it's not a hard sell. <laughs> yeah, it's just getting them to think about it, right? Because yes. they're just, they're not. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So you joined this company. It sounds to me like when you joined this company, it, it was not doing terribly well, and you have been able to turn it around. And so I, I'm wondering if you would share with the listeners 
how how that happened because I, you know there's value in how do you turn around a failing business in the event anyone is currently struggling? Sure, we our company was formed back in 2008, and I came at, at 2008, and I got the end of I came in at the end of 2012, and it wasn't so much the economy that impacted us as it did the right hire and fit and service level. And previous to me, the management of the company looked at our credit union partners as almost an adversary instead of doing and support and structure and being consultative. And we didn't put money, we didn't spend time setting up things right correctly when it came to systems. And it, most of it came down to uh, service culture. And shortly after I got here and I, I, I was, you know, at my, by myself at the time, uh, my family was still in central Pennsylvania and I was sulking on how we can do this. Uh, you know, I sat down and I said, you know, let's be, think about going to Chick-fil-A and you never have a bad experience at Chick-fil-A. Right. Let's focus on service. Let's focus on success and just fix one thing every day. We're not going to, we don't have to change it dramatically overnight. And we don't have, let's just take one piece and fix it and make it a little bit better every day. Uh, the other thing is we had some toxic employees. Uh, these were people who were bullies and they permeated that culture. Some of them changed, some of them didn't, and we had to work those people out of the system. So I, it really came down to me for service level, accuracy of your work, uh, and also the right people on the bus. To, yeah. to, and, and because, and, and as a, the CEO of the company, I've had, as we've grown every year, I've had to remove myself more from the operations and I can let people, and, and, and sometimes that uh, it kills me that I let people go and do, but we've also, I, I, I say, I just need to give people a chance to succeed. And I also need to give people a chance to fail and figure it out on their own. So we've well, really, yeah. Is, is that a hard thing? I mean, it sounds like that's a really hard uh, decision to make that it's, that it's vulnerable. And, and, and I've learned that it's very much a different mindset depending on when you're in fixing mode versus building success. When I was in the fixing mode and, and building absolutely i was in the weeds i was figuring it out there was a reason where we were at and i couldn't i i had a much lower threshold for letting people fail because we've already done that let's figure out success put the systems and peoples in place and let them go and get out of their way we didn't have dumb people we didn't have people who didn't know what they were doing we had people who didn't understand the big picture and getting things going. So it really kind of became that cultural issue. And then every year I've made more and more uh, steps 
to get away from the operations where now I can go on vacation and not sweat as much <laughs> and, and, and really allow, allow the system to work. And I focus on building those systems and with great people and, and also having better client relations as well. Uh, it, it was a lot of listening those first two years and just talking. I, I found that our clients knew the pain points much better than our staff because they lived it every day. And it was a lot of fixing and building what the clients were asking for instead of the staff, because I think if they had the solutions, they would have just done it right away. There wasn't, uh, you know, we really didn't have bad intention people, um, but we had people who maybe didn't understand our clients. Right, right. That is so great. And, and what a valuable piece of information um, for everybody listening, because part of what I'm hearing is not just about turning around a failing business, but some principles around growing a successful business, listening, getting out of the way, empowering people to be successful, uh, and mindset. Those, I mean, those are critical to creating an environment where people are empowered to um, succeed and, and it gets rid of the toxic people, the bad elements, the, the negative atmosphere. A lot of times when we look at a business, we always say, are these people self-employed or are, do they have a business? Because they're two very different things. And if they're self-employed, sometimes that's almost a little tougher to lend to because if they get sick, if they go on vacation, if something's there, there's no business. Yeah. When we have a business, if the owner steps away or there's a disruption or something happens, is the business still going? And we had went through the same metamorphosis here into building that somebody, a business that's reliant on somebody versus I can go away now and the system works. And we see the same thing with our businesses that we work with. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I say to my clients a lot of times, because you know, everything's in their head, and, uh, and a lot of them are, are really afraid to let go of things. And I say to them, okay, I sort of get it. And if God forbid a million times you got hit by a bus and you weren't dead, but you were in the hospital, and let's say you were in a coma, what would happen to your business? What, what systems do you have in place to make sure that people can just pick up whatever it was you were working on? It doesn't even have to be the, the owner. It could be the owner. It could be the managers. It could be really anybody, any one person having a, a, a hold on information that is critical to the running of the business. You have to have that information somewhere so that anybody can step in and keep the company going. Uh, yeah, and, and in the lending world, that's actually a key component for what we'll look at. Uh, we wanna know if something happens to you, what's the next step? And, and sometimes, I, I, I hate to say, sometimes it's better to die than to get sick or be incapacitated, but it is financially, because usually you have life insurance and people get money and they go on with their life. Uh, it, you know, a debilitating illness can really impact you. 
and, and we want to know that succession plan to help not only the, the credit union as a lender, but your business is well managed and taken care of. So should anything happen to the owner? Right, right. You got to think about these things. I, I, that's really valuable. And it makes perfect sense to me that that's one of the things that you would look at when, when it comes to lending um, to a business. So if, if someone's listening and they're thinking about expanding or they're thinking about buying a building or they're, um, you know, thinking that they need uh, to explore getting a loan, what is the first thing you would tell them they need to do? The first piece is very much to sit down and look at, first of all, I, I, as crazy as it sounds, I'm somebody who is, is debt averse. And to say, how does this financing package or potential financing package make you more money and reach your goals of where you want to be as an institution? As if it doesn't help your business, if it doesn't make you money, if it's not going to help grow your business, don't do it. Uh, that, that you, and you have that answer more than anybody else. Of, and, and, and if you're going to expand, what's the cost of that expansion? What's the break-even point? And what's the potential return? Just because you hire three new salespeople and buy three new vehicles doesn't mean you're going to have that exponential business to go along with it. So really, and then, and then from there, get that second opinion from your accountant, uh, maybe your insurance agent, and then before you apply for a loan, and, and maybe even before you have a need, establish that relationship with somebody like myself or the local lender in your bank or credit union who can talk with you and you can pick, you can call them and, and know the answers to what they're, have the answers to before they ask the question. So, and that's where it really comes into that. The, it, getting a loan and getting financing is like decorating a cake. You know, that, that's the last thing you do is write happy birthday on top of the cake. That's the loan part. You have to make the cake first. You have to plan for the cake. You have to build the cake. That's the key component into building that foundation for success of your business. I, I always look I love at, these analogies. Sorry. <laughs> I, just, I love them. They're so great. <laughs> Go ahead. So, yeah, that, that's really where, where I see in terms of how can we help businesses succeed. Uh, you know, there, there's nothing worse for me and for a financial institution where to lending money to people who it doesn't benefit their business because ultimately you figure that out and you don't want to pay and it causes resentment. Ah. So, yeah. so, so we really want to help your business succeed and grow. And that's how we grow and are successful as a cooperative financial institution. Yeah, I, th I think one of the biggest things I'm taking away from this is the cooperative aspect of it, that, that it is a partnership. It isn't, um, 
uh, it's it's not as transactional. It's not uh, there's someone in the power seat and there's someone else who needs it, and so you know, jumping through all these hoops and whatnot. I mean, there's things you have to do. There there's information you have to gather, and there's um, you know you have to be in a certain situation. But this cooperative. If you're successful, we're successful. Let's work together to make sure this makes sense, you know, that you should be doing this and uh, get you the right uh, system. Because, you know, before when you were saying you might not need a loan of uh, a line of credit, you might need a loan, most people don't know the difference between those two things and what they should be doing in any given situation. Exactly. You're spot on. And that's where, when I talked about earlier about choosing the right financial institution, that's a cultural fit for you. Uh, who are you? What are your values? And, as, and sometimes you don't hear or think about financial institutions as having values, but lining up with somebody who meets that. Uh, when you strip away a credit union, it's run by the board of directors. Well, the board of directors is elected democratically by the membership uh, of people who, who have the accounts there. They, they do that annually. So that, that's where it becomes that ultimate check and balance for us to make sure as a lender, we're doing the right things for the people who have accounts there for their benefit. Yeah, it's, it's just such a different um, uh, sensibility, you know, a, a different mindset about it all. It's really great. I, I never would have considered this. So I thank you so much for coming on and sharing the information and, and giving us this uh, education. It's so – I look at it totally differently now. It's really um, – tremendously valuable. And will you let the listeners know, you know, how they can find you or – um, you know, what you think they uh, need to know in order to uh, be able to connect with you if they need or want to, please? Sure. If you're a business looking for financing and you'd love to connect with your local credit union, give them a call first. If you're not sure of next steps, you can reach us on our website at mbfs.org. Uh, this is, I, my, I'm also active on LinkedIn and we have a company profile on LinkedIn, Member Business Financial Services, that you could reach out to us. But the easiest way is our website, mbfs.org. Terrific. Thank you so much. And listeners, you know, thank you for tuning in. This, this was some really incredibly valuable information uh, that you have just gotten. I would also like to thank our sponsor uh, to get a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. 
Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.